welcome to Forward Launch Your SaaS. I'm Kira Woodard, the podcast marketer and owner of Forward Launch. In this series, I sit down with executives whose marketing campaigns have resulted in impressive growth for their startups. In each episode, our guests talk about the one biggest piece of wisdom that they would share with other B2B SaaS marketing execs. Right. Today, I'm sitting down with Ernesto, who is a Harvard-MIT grad who started his career as an institutional investor before entering the world of startups. He's one of the co-founders of SplitSpot, which is an innovative rental platform that serves thousands of residents in several cities in the United States. So, Ernesto, I am super excited to chat with you and dig into your background. Thanks, Kira. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah. How did you get started with co-founding SplitSpot? Well, it really started when I first graduated. And as I'm sure a lot of young people can attest, um, was thrown into this crazy, complicated and expensive and terrible uh, rental market where I um, initially got scammed and then um, had to sleep on like a floor for like a month in a sublet. And then Finally was able to find a place, but I had to like put together the rooming group because I, I couldn't afford a place to live on my, lo- my own. And then, uh, you know, paid an arm, arm and, an, and a leg to get into the apartment and, you know, ended up sort of being the like parent of the group and having to do all the work of maintaining it. And really throughout the whole process, I just kept thinking like in the, in the world of, you know, Uber and Airbnb and all these other like innovative services that provide a lot of value to uh, consumers, why isn't there something helping people find apartments, especially with roommates? And then afterwards, I actually um, became a property owner myself when I convinced a bunch of my friends to kind of go in on a property with me and uh, saw the whole other side of it of like people having uh, on the property owner side difficulty with um, the current solution out there in terms of finding uh, re- uh, good residents and uh, maintaining uh, a relationship with them. And it really inspired me to go to MIT and go with this idea. And that's where I, I met my co-founder, David, and we really hit it off and um, you know created this platform that we think is providing the solution that's needed in many places across uh, the country. Wow, okay. So with starting split spot what have you seen be successful or like what what do you feel like was what helped you grow the company so one of the you know really crucial aspects of our company is that we have exclusive relationships with the property owners on our platform so when you come to our platform as a as a resident or potential resident you know that apartment that you see on there is something we're going to be able to deliver And in order to build those um, partnerships, we've had to go out and talk to these property owners uh, and landlords and convince them to, you know, come onto our platform and and, uh, allow allow us to do our thing. And, um, you know, without that that supply, we really wouldn't be able to have done what we have done. So um, bringing in and uh, marketing to that supply uh, has been a huge uh, part of of our success. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and what would you say has been the 
the biggest piece of wisdom that's allowed you to grow the business? So specifically to this supply, these property owners and landlords, you know, they're very um, busy. They hear a lot of pitches for various services all the time. And most of the time they're just tuning everything out because, uh, you know, there's just so much out there um, with brokers and property managers and other various services that try to sell them on things. So the way that we've found um, to be most successful is when you do get that uh, time in front of these leads, uh, whether that be a phone call or something else, um, that first really 60 seconds that you have, um, you need to fully flesh out exactly what your value add is and be very succinct and very direct. And, um, you know, that, 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 that one minute is extremely crucial and fleshing out your entire um, proposition and value add there so that they then can differentiate you from, you know, their other 5 billion calls they're getting that day and see that you're actually providing something valuable for them to continue to talk to you about. Um, that's, that's the biggest piece of wisdom I would say in terms of our approach at, at winning these people over, because like I said, uh, otherwise you're just another email in their inbox or another call that they're going to filter. Okay. So you kind of honed in your 60 second pitch to make sure that people get interested right away and you don't lose their attention. And so you can convert more of those, uh, property owners to being users on your platform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause I would say when I, and this is something that sometimes happens to me as well, when, you know, I, I get a barrage of uh, emails from various groups or whatever, asking to have a talk about how they can provide some sort of service to my startup. And I'll be honest, I like filter out almost all of them. And a lot of the reason for that is because there's just not a very effective um, initial value add. Like uh, th- they don't uh, properly convey like, Hey, this is why you should talk to me. Uh, this is this is why I'll add value to your process. Um, so, you know, thinking about that and also thinking about what we've done that's been successful has informed that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. So, how do you kind of craft this initial pitch that yeah. differentiates your brand and gets people interested, like right within the first sixty seconds? Yeah. I think a lot of it is putting yourself in the shoes of the person that's getting the pitch. For me, that's somewhat easier because I have uh, a couple of my own units on our platform and I have some experience being on that side of the table. So thinking about, you know, what is this customer or this person usually getting sent? What kind of um, uh, messaging are they used to? Why is that messaging typically filtered and how can your messaging be different or maybe on a different venue or in a different context uh, so that it doesn't immediately get filtered? Uh, Mm -hmm. And then thinking about exactly what does this user care about the most? So in the, you know, on the, on the point of landlords and, and property managers, the thing they mostly, you know, care about is, uh, filling their unit, or in other words, like getting getting um, their unit monetized uh, either quickly or at a very high rate, and they're not going to care about you know our user interface or you know the 
the like uh, ease of use that we bring to like their customers or, you know, our, our, our sort of maintenance triaging stuff or any of the other sort of ancillary things that we think are like really cool and like useful maybe for the landlord or the um, residents or that, that we think we've done that's unique. At the end of the day, they care about, can you find me good tenants for my units? And so um, we push on that. The, uh, we, we, we push on exactly what we're doing and we also push on exactly what we are in a way that's very simple because the other part of it too is we're sort of a new product in this space. And you know, in some, in some ways we do some of the work of uh, a lot of other players, but we don't do, you know, we don't fit neatly into a category. So one of the struggles for us too, is to like immediately get the person to understand what we are. So <clears throat> what we've discovered is the best way to get that across is to say, you know, what we are and then why, why they should care. So for example, we'll say, Hey, uh, you know, we're split spot. We're a virtual brokerage and roommate platform here in X city. Uh, we can get you really high quality residents, uh, who pay, uh, a premium to the regular market. Uh, and we can fill your vacancies immediately. We'd love to talk about your apartment at one, two, three example street, because we think we can get you X dollars more than what you're listing it for and fill it with um, this profile person. Love to chat, period. And the reason that works better than some other messaging is that it's very short, very succinct. It tells the person exactly who we are, we're, uh, what we do, we're, we're not trying to like hide anything. And then it tells the person that we did look into their specific situation. We, we looked at their specific apartment. We think we know we can add X amount of value and this is why and that we want to follow. So it gets to the point. It's simple and it's um, short. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. So if we had to list like step-by-step, step, if I wanted to implement this in a different uh, B2B SaaS company, then would you say, you know, step one is go and look at kind of how the competitors are doing their messaging and then try to uh, brainstorm some ways that your company is different uh, and then also kind of look at some of the uh, features of what you're offering and how it's different to what's already out there on kind of the existing market, especially if you're, you're don't fit neatly into an existing category. Um, and then you kind of compress that all into a 60 second pitch or less that explains like who you are, what you do, why you're different. This is the very one specific thing that I can help you. And like also uh, do a little bit of research on that particular person up front. Like with you guys, you're um, you're looking up the exact property that they have. And then you're mentioning that in kind of the outreach and saying, hey, we can help you get more good tenants for this property. Is that something you're interested in? Yeah, exactly. I mean, for the first part, uh, which is to say you want to be uh, communicating with this person in a way that's differentiated from the, the communication they normally filter. Uh, in our example, we we look at their ads that they place out in the wild on like Craigslist or you know other venues where they may have an apartment that they listed for a while and they're struggling with. And um, you know, instead of you know just having some sort of mass email go out or um, you know just a, a vague like, hey, we want to work with you message. It's like this specific unit you have marketed. Uh, we did some research into it. 
we want to have a call and then we sometimes their numbers on there and we call them directly or, or um, you know, sometimes we set up a call, but that's different than like, just like the spam emails they're going to get from other services trying to fill their, uh, their room. So yes, differentiating yourself from how their uh, communications for services are normally done. Uh, and then the second part is definitely looking at, um, you know, what the competitors are doing for sure, but also putting yourself as much as you can in the shoes of the person receiving the message. And that's really hard. I mean, it's, it sounds obvious, like, oh, put yourself in the shoes of your customer or your customer or whatever. But I think a mm-hmm. lot of people have difficulty, have difficulty doing that without reverting back to what they think their product is good at or best at or why they think their product is in the market and doing what. Like, it's very easy to think like, oh, people are, are, are buying my product because it's like the best user interface or it's um, most innovative or whatever. And sometimes it's painful to be like very brutally honest with yourself and say like, people are using my product because at the end of the day, all they care about is revenue. And this does a somewhat better job at revenue or something like that. Like, um, but to be brutally honest with yourself about what they care about most so that you can lead with that. And then once you have that ability to like have a longer conversation with them, once they're interested, you can then go into all the other features that you think are really cool that they, they should think are cool and helpful. Um, but don't lead with like something that is like this innovation you think is helpful, but at the end of the day, people like don't really care about first. They may care about eventually and they may learn after using your product that they should care about it more, but you can only have that opportunity once you've hooked them. So, you know, it's hard to fully put yourself in that person's shoes, but you have to really like take a hard and um, brutal look at what your company is doing for these Mm. Mm -hmm, mm companies. Okay. So you're essentially leading with whatever they're already looking for, whatever's already kind of a sore spot for them, not something that's, cool and interesting that you offer that they're going to like, but they don't have any context about it up front. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think a lot of startups have like this, like wishful thinking kind of like we're going to change the market or like our product is really useful for this segment. But when they look at their actual user base, the people who are actually using it are not the people who they wish were using it or, um, you know, that, that they aspire to use it. But if you're trying to expand practically, um, you know, be very real with what your value add is. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So do you have any tips on how to develop more empathy in terms of the, um, the user's perspective, the customer's perspective, because you have to know exactly what feature they're looking for or exactly what problem they're trying to solve it to make sure that that gets incorporated into your pitch. So how do you know precisely what that is? There are a number of ways you can find out, but one of the, the ways that we found really useful kind of seems obvious in retrospect, but we've talked to our most valuable clients and we've said, hey, like, Ultimately, what was the reason that you initially started talking to us? Be brutally honest. Like, why did you give us the time of day? And mm-hmm. they'll tell us like, hey, like, you know, I was struggling with this apartment. I had no idea how to fill it. It wasn't getting filled. And you guys look like a Hail Mary. Like, let's see what we can do. And 
um, we did fill it and we we were able to like monetize it well for them. And then, then subsequently they were like, oh, wow, this is actually like very useful for a number of different reasons. And these other features are, are some things that are of value. But when I first started with you guys, um, you know, it was it was just that I needed, you know, the revenue. Um, so asking your best customers or at least the, the customers that you want to, you know, push on and get more out of or want to get more of asking them like, hey, don't don't tell me what you love about us right now. Tell me why you even talk started like agreeing to talk to us. Like, what was it that caused you to give us the time of day? Because that's ultimately what you care about when you're trying to get in new users. Because those two answers could be very different. What they love about you now could be very different than what drew them in in the first place. Mm. Um, and I mean, another way. Two is if you do have, you know, either people on your staff or adjacent who could be a potential customer or um, are even are a potential customer eating sort of your own dog food, so to speak. Um, like I myself have some units on our platform and, you know, I can speak to what is the most useful feature of my own company. Um, because you know they're, they're I can I can self-assess that. So that's that's something uh, probably a little harder than just talking to your regular customers, but that's another way of, of figuring that out. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, I like that question. Like what what was it that caused you to give us the time of day to begin with? Because that's not typically what you're looking for in the customer success uh calls, I suppose. You're you're usually more looking for what are all the ways that we're different or how, what was the journey that made this valuable? But that's another really good question to ask. Um, so are there any like pitfalls that people might fall into when they're trying to figure out what makes them different or talk to their product users? Pitfalls. Yeah, I mean, I think a really common one is um, kind of leading the process with like what you want the answer to be or um, like using what the company thinks its strengths are uh, as a way of influencing what, you know, people say uh, your values are. So it's hard to be really like unbiased uh, about uh you know, what your values are, what your value adds are. I kind of, I kind of um, sort of touched on this before, but building a uh, sort of, when you're surveying your customers um, and talking to them, trying very, very hard to like avoid leading them into any particular response. That's why like for us, like open-ended questions are much more valuable than like drop downs of like, why did you choose to go up, go with us? And then we have a drop down of like things. We, we don't do that because you're then limiting the person to like fitting their response into a preconceived um, drop down of responses you, responses you expect. So much better question would be like just the open-ended question and doing like a short interview and saying, why, uh, do you, why did you join us? And then when they say something like, instead of like the, the bad thing you could do is react to it and, um, say like, oh, interesting. Well, that's that's weird because our, our product is actually this. Like that, that's what you don't want to do. What you want to mm-hmm. do is say, oh, that's very interesting. Please expand on that. Or 
what made you think that? Or how did you get that? It's like a very open-ended trying to just absorb information as opposed to pointing it to any direction. I think that's like, that's a pretty common pitfall, um, especially with like startups that are like very mission driven or like have like this, like very strong idea of like what they are. Like they, there's like a reinforcing mechanism there that tries to like push the feedback into like conf- uh, confirmation of the like mission. And you mm. really want to like avoid that because, you know, ultimately the market doesn't really care about what you think you're doing. It just, you know, it will do what it will do. Um, so that's one. Yeah. <clears throat> that's a good point. That's, that's a really good point. Um, and I, so I'm curious about how you are getting this user feedback. You said go for your best customers essentially so are you do you just go through kind of your customer email list and then just say oh hey we've interacted with these 10 people the most so let's just send them an email and try to set up a, an interview or what do you what do you do to get this like direct feedback yeah and, and when just to be clear when i say best i don't necessarily mean like the customers who've had a bad best experience or um, trying to cherry pick anything. It's more of like, who are the customers that you think you want? To, what customer segment you want to expand on? What customer do you think your core customer is? And who are the customers that fall into that? So that's mm-hmm. the people you want to be hearing from. And they may not necessarily have had good experiences with your actual product, but if they're the ones that you want to expand on, they're the ones you want to hear from. Um, okay. But in terms of uh, how to contact them, I mean, for us, it's, it is very simple because we, we have um, a relatively like, close relationships. So we do literally just um, call them and say, Hey, like, do you have 15 minutes? I'd love to talk to you. And usually, I mean, I sometimes do it myself. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite straightforward. I I imagine for larger and maybe uh, companies where there's just a bigger number of um, people on the uh, sort of supply side or B2B side of things, it might be more difficult, but for us, it's, it's quite, quite straightforward. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate this, Ernesto. Uh, And as we're wrapping up, I would just like to shine a spotlight on you. So are there any projects that you're working on? Is there anything you'd like people to know? And is there anywhere you'd like people to get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said before, SplitSpot is really um, helping make the process of renting easier for residents, uh, but also for landlords. And and property managers. And we think we have a solution that that helps uh, alleviate some of the terrible aspects of the housing crisis that we're we're currently going through. And if anyone has um, some properties that they think could be a good fit uh, or any interest in uh, discussing uh, this issue, I'd I'd love to talk. Um, My email is just my name at splitspot.com. So please reach out and then we'll chat. Right, thank you so much. Thanks, Kira. It was great. Great talking to you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Forward Launch Your SaaS. If you'd like summaries, show notes, transcripts, downloads, and other helpful links and resources to help you implement the tactics you've heard here, then you can, one, go to forwardlauncherSaas.com, and two, subscribe to our email newsletter. Lastly, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, colleagues, and neighbors, And head over to iTunes to leave us a rating and review. 
Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.